G'day, Nurgle Rot and followers of The Garden. It's the coach here, and we are talking all things Magikin of Nurgle, specifically the new book. Now, I published a video recently uh, talking a bit about some of the changes, and boy, oh boy, are you a passionate lot. Do you have some thoughts? And it's been interesting to kind of see, and I'm going to introduce my guest in a second, but the reason that we're doing this video first is normally I wait for the FAQs. Normally I want to see what the real landscape looks like with Nurgle and all the new tomes. But there's been such a backlash with this book. A lot of people reading it just thinking, this army is trash. I'm going to put it on the shelf. I'm going to never put these particular models on the table ever again. Some crazy backlash. But I found a gentleman. I found Alex Tubbs who has been playing lots and lots and lots of games, something like 10 games already, despite the book literally just hitting the shelf. So I want to get into Alex's head and get his experience to understand, now that the dust is settled, how we find the book. What do we like? What don't we like? Is some of the backlash legitimate? Is some of it just some, some like initial buyer's remorse? And then when you actually put it on the table, it's actually not so bad or actually... There's some unlocked gems, but that's kind of the introduction to the show. I'm here with Tub slash Alex. G'day, mate. Thanks for joining us all the way from the UK. So we're good. Good to be here, man. <laughs> My big, long-ass introduction. You're like, thanks for having me. <laughs> no, um, you named it. Well, look, like, what's your initial thoughts on this book? Because, like, when I did, I did two previews, right? So first off, you know, I'm not a Nurgle player. I play, um, I play Zinch. That's like the only chaos faction. Like I, I, I really like Slanesh, but of, I, I have no in-game experience other than playing against my opponents. And I've always enjoyed playing against Nurgle. It's always been a fun, interesting grind. And to be brutally honest with you, I've been playing against Nurgle for a long time now. And one of the things that really used to be my bugbear was that Nurgle was a slow army. And all of a sudden, in Age of Sigma, he became the fastest man alive. He became Usain Bolt of Age of Sigma. And it never felt right to me. And you got your first edition tome, and then you got updated with a third edition tome. What was your initial reaction looking at this book? And how has that changed since actually playing with it on the table? Yeah, it's it's different, I'll say. Like, super different from the first book, which is where a lot of the yeah, confusion is coming from. Um, I like reading it. I thought, you know, had a lot of play, like really, really interesting rules. Um, but yeah, like it, it takes a minute to go from, oh, well, this is what Nurgle did to like what it's doing now. Um, so yeah, I was, I was one of the hopeful ones when I first read it. I was like, yeah, this is a lot of play. Like some of the points are probably a bit overcosted, but you can fix points, like rules are what you need. Uh, and then, yeah, I've been putting in quite a few games over the last week or so. And yeah, it's awesome. Like, I think, you know, it can go toe to toe with almost anything in the meta. Um, it's, yeah, it's like a three, it's only the third 3.0 book we've seen. So it is going to be a shock to the system, just as Stormcast and other books probably were. Um, but as we get used to what this new normal for books are, we'll see. Yeah, it's a really good book. And I think the interesting thing as well, and I tried to put this context in my videos at the start, and I was saying that you're coming from a first edition book into third edition. So there was a lot, and I think I mentioned it in the videos, that the way that Age of Sigma was designed and created and played in first edition 
was very different to the way we play today. Simple little things like Holy Within is just one of many examples. You know, re, you know, you had an industrial amount of rerolls. There was a lot of, you know, a whole bunch of different things that were kind of removed. And then what? I, look, I didn't mind the book. I thought it was a good book. And then the minute that everyone saw the point, it seemed like that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. You're like, look, I can handle the rule changes, but these points means that I've got less war dollies on the table. I'm not happy. Um, you know, my Glockin has literally doubled in points. My um, my great unclean one is, you know, unplayable. Um, where do you stand on that? Um, yeah, like... I think things are maybe a little overpointed, like at the odd place, but by and large, like, yes, you're going to have less models on the table, but your models are doing way, way more. Um, like, yeah, I, so, I mean, it's kind of easy for me because I didn't actually play Nurgle um, in the last book. Um, I played against it a lot, but I picked it up with the, the with third edition. Um, and so playing against, it, I was always like, oh, you know, it's really annoying that, you know, they can fly across the board turn one and blades of future factions a silly spell like it just can win you a game with a single dice roll um so like i can understand people being like oh like i really miss that stuff because that's what they knew and loved um and so it's always going to take time to understand and you know get over that and be like right well what can i do with this new book and the answer is loads but, and i think yeah, that's been my that's what i've been trying to say to the Dis to discord members as well like you know we've got a really passionate wonderful discord and the nurgle players have been off the charts you know trying to build lists and i know there's been a lot of frustration in their list building and while i'm i'm not trying to be positive i'm not trying to be negative i'm not saying this is a bad book i think you know the way forward is to look at this constructively don't look at what you've lost really look at this with fresh eyes and go how do I make the most with my new rules? Because if you try to port over your 2000 point list, let's say you ran, um, you played an event literally a month ago, your list will not be legal anymore. It'll be just way too many points. It won't work the way it used to. And that's frustrating. That's disappointing and it's annoying. So, you know, for me, it's it's looking at my collection of models, looking at these new sets of rules. And, and really the purpose of today's show is to try to be a little bit more constructive to say, what are the good stuff? If I was thinking about these types of things, how would I build around it? And now that you've got it on the table, how do I make the most of it based on your experience? Because I think a lot of people as well, when they looked at the um, the disease tokens, they felt it overwhelming because they're like, well, we don't do nearly as much damage. How on earth do I defeat a Mega Gargant? Chip mortal wounds from um, from the, the disease tokens are not gonna are not gonna be win win me the game yeah um like there's not been i i to my knowledge there's not been as, as big a difference between one book and a new book like in terms of the play style um it, you know, like the first edition book was you know fast it was a big old dps check uh it's super grindy uh this new book is playing in all the all the phases doing all kinds of weird things like disease tokens is like a classic example like you're constantly you know like adding that chip damage to like to your opponent um i found yeah when I first read Disease, I was like, oh, like that's really put me off. Like it's, you know, it's adding time to the game. It's not really doing anything. And then you start playing and you're doing like, <clears throat> like, I don't know, 12, like 10, 12 mortal wounds every turn, like over a game that's, you know, a hundred mortal just wounds. Through, like, just through chip, that's just through just, chip, chip just, disease yeah, alone. Just from, yeah, standing near your opponent and occasionally hitting, yeah, getting a six to hit. Um, so that's that's the kind of thing we're talking about and you know it's like the the wheel of contagion it's like 
in the previous book you could manipulate it and do all this kind of stuff with it and now other than one command trait what you roll you get but all that actually means is that from turn one you're like right this is how i'm going to play the game because i know in turn one i've got this turn two i've got this and it just means you've got to be adaptable um there's no there's no kind of cookie cutter like nurgle 1.0 was this is how i play i run up the board i sit on the objectives and i and i beat you up and can you deal with it whereas new nurgle book is right like, this is you know what like scenario i'm in this is how i'm going to do it yeah, it, it de definitely feels more tactically um, focused. You know, I think, you know, in majority of the time, like in 99% of my games against Nurgle, you would almost become the one-trick pony that Deepkin was, was that you put, you know, until age, uh, third edition, you put the Feculent Narmor in the middle. You would then run up the board and you would slingshot with your best unit. You would buff them up in some capacity, you know, whether you're doing a Black King build, a Demon build, a Thrustfall build, you know, you'd then pin, pin them up in the board. You'd, you'd use your Contagion points to summon a couple of MSU units, especially in the backfield towards the end of the game. Like, it was very, very, very one-dimensional. And, you know, the fact that you could manipulate the wheel whenever you wanted to um, did feel like one particular play style. And... I think I made the comment in one of the discussions and I mentioned that it felt a lot more like the cruel boys, not to say that you are the cruel boys, but the cruel boys is very tactical. It is very counterplay. It is very tricksy in what you do. And there is no one way to play. I mean, right now, obviously you could just like use your big shooters to shoot everyone, but it was designed in a way that you, um, you, you, you would have some flexibility through the mm. different um, rules. Yeah, yeah, that was my initial thought as well. I was like, yeah, like this is super, super close to um, like Cruel Boys in terms of the different tricks. Uh, and actually, Nurgle is utilizing it because, as you said, unfortunately, kind of for Cruel Boys, it's they're pigeonholed into that. Um, whereas Nurgle, you're encouraged to use every trick that you've got at your disposal. Yeah, I think you made a comment before we uh, started. And also, shout out to Tyler. Thank you for the donation. And Tub is an absolute legend. It's a pleasure to have him. Uh, probably too long. He should have been on this channel a lot earlier. Absolute legend in the community. But um, I think you were mentioning before we got onto the stream, you were saying that, you know, for anyone who is into, into magic or you've heard, you know, Vince from Warhammer Weekly talk about, you know, Timmy, Jimmy and Spike, these, you know, psychos, you know, these pro profiles, I was going to say psychographic profiles um, of players, you know, a, a Timmy is uh, someone who just loves big monsters and run forward and just like, just just fight and lol you know you've got the spike which is a more counter play and magic players know these these kind of profiles better but it's not like it's not like where daughters of cain or soul blight or or stormcast had some small changes but the play style is still the play style the nurgle book has really changed the way you play like you've really got to think about the way that you play and tactically build because yeah it's not about the the run and charge you just can't do it anymore you just can't do what you used to do. And I think that's part of the frustration. And to the, um, I want to just call out really quickly, through this change, there's a lot of really cool things that have popped up. And I know Grievous body, Bodily Harm, harm, harm body, Bodily um, mentioned that, you know, Maggoth Lords need to be imported into Australia and New Zealand. And people have been begging for Maggoth Lords to be really good for a long time. I think I might have seen one Maggoth Lord on the table in my whole six year journey of Age of Sigma, now is the time. 
Yeah, I've I've never played against one. I I don't I don't think I even really knew they were a thing. Like I just yeah, <laughs> like you just never saw them. And now yeah, everyone knows they're great. They're really really good. Even uh, like people talking about plus coils now. I'm not talking about plague drones, but they th the plus coils are all of a sudden you know a hot commodity. Um, plague drones are good. Are... Yeah, <laughs> even plague oh, drones yeah. like yeah like they've got a play um that that's shooting they're shooting attack um which basically you count number of models close to them um and then caps out at seven so like yeah three plague drones can do 21 attacks at threes and threes with shooting so like, yeah nice um but yeah also like the glockkin like the glockkin was semi-playable like if you really wanted to you could play him in the last book and now he's super playable yeah it's kind of the same throughout like other than a few of maybe like the um named heroes and stuff like that everything is very very good but in saying that like i saw a comment earlier um mentioning you know they can't run a, a glockkin and a, a lot of a, um a great unclean one lord of change mm -hmm. i'm looking at the comment talking about someone in the lord of afflictions like bloody too many too many yeah but um i think that i think that's the list construction part that i think once people kind of get over and go right got 2000 points look at the list what can i do and look we've kind of given like the the overview summary i didn't want to i, I don't want this to be a whinge fest look I, I can appreciate why you'd be frustrated noble players if you are frustrated but i want you to enjoy your hobby and i want you to do the best you can with what you've got which is why we're doing this show and i really want to get alex's experience for the last um for the last 10 games and, and even more that he's thinking about it now that he's got on the table what is it that he loves and by the way like i know tyler buckets is in the chat here um he is absolutely you know they, they have that old saying one man trashes another man's treasure i know a lot of people are upset with like the great unclean one legion of the first prince prince players are absolutely loving the great unclean one it's like the greatest war scroll update for them because of the um the damage they can do through the nurglings and some sneaky abilities in legions yeah, the great and clean ones looking ridiculous. If he definitely doesn't get the FAQ, oh baby. <laughs> All right. Well, I might I might actually get into some of the rules and I'd love to maybe kind of get your thoughts and um and you know let's let's talk through how you're thinking about it because I people who listen to my video and they probably listen to Facehammer and all the other different reviews, um, they've heard their thoughts. But when you looked at your allegiance abilities and you got you know, your six different legions, your sub-factions sub that you never had access to other than the ones that were introduced much later through um, the uh, Wrath of the Everchosen. You've got your, you've got your coalition forces. I'll, I'm, I'm honest, I'm surprised that you, do, you don't get the maggot kin keyword for your coalition, but I can see why they wouldn't do that. But just disappointed that you didn't have the same Cities of Sigma treatment that, um, yeah, because cities gets the keyword, right? You get the keyword of the fa the sub-faction and the allegiance. Yeah. You also got your disgusting resilience, your five up plus your heal. You got your disease, your disease points. You got your disease weapons. And then you got the, uh, the, the boost to the healing through a bunch of keywords. Mm -hmm. So let's take it from the top. Thoughts on the sub-factions. How do you, where, where do you stand? What are your thoughts? Are you, are you, do you like them? probably my least favorite part of the book uh like the rules are, are fairly weak which i'm actually okay with like they're universally weak um like other than maybe drowned men i think my problem with them is is that they're really encouraging spamming a particular unit um they're very very restrictive you know drowned men has to be plague drones or uh blight lords um 
Magnificent Wanderers has to be plague bearers to get any benefit. Um, and we're in a, a particular problem with AOS 3 at the moment is that spam units is very, very common. And, you know, it competitively, it's not great. Uh, thankfully, I feel with the Nurgle book that actually you don't, like spamming a particular unit isn't the best way to play it. But yeah, it's really very restrictive, uh, which I'm not not keen on. Um, but like in terms of what's good, Drowned Men are very good. Eight inch pre-game move for your Plague Drones is great. You know, 16 inch first turn move, cool. Um, Minus Wanderers is okay. Um, but yeah, mostly it's just fine. It's not, yeah, it's a little added extra that you're not that bothered about. What about um, one one that I've been really curious about is the Filth Bringers. Now, I don't know if I'm putting too much weight in, in the Filth Bringers, but one of the reasons I like the Filth Bringers is it gives you the Rot Covens, which is that mm -hmm. new uh, that new unit that is only available in the Filth Bringers, which is the three Rot Bringers Sorcerers that um, you can get up to a plus three to cast on a single dice roll per phase. So if there's two next to each other or three next to each other, um, one of the three can get like a plus two or plus three, depending on um, who's around. But do you think um, do you think there's some play in there? Given that I've never felt I've never felt Nurgle's magic has been dominant, and it's always been things like the Great Unclean One cutting itself to get its little boost to get a bit more reliability in its magic. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's some play there with the Filthbringers, um, especially with the um, the, uh, the the Rock Coven? Yeah, I think there is. Um, it's definitely going to be some, it's definitely one of the least obvious builds in the Nurgle book. Um, like I've spent some time thinking about it, but like it's going to take some real like testing to see what works. Um, yeah, because you, as well as the plus three, you've got somebody like Epidemius who can give them a reroll. So you've got plus three rerolling casts. Um, you're definitely, you know, taking some endless spells in that list. But like, is it a trap? You know, plus three to cast when there's still so much in the game that can shut it down. But as I said, actually, I think it's more my issue would be paying three. Is it 360 points for the rock? Yeah, it's three, three, uh, 360 for three wizards. Yeah, I think my issue is more actually paying for that. It might be a trap rather than the actual ability being bad. Uh, like when you can get a Magath Lord for that, who you know every game is going to be worth their points. Meanwhile, you know, you come up against a shooting army, then they're just going to get sniped off the board or you go up against a magic dominant army and they're going to, um, you know, just get shut down or you come up against something to take like lots of monsters where the spells don't necessarily work as well. So, yeah, um, it's that's my issue, I think, is the points in an already expensive book. And I think that's yeah, you're right. You're right there. I really like it, but you are comparing it against the Magathlord and a lot of, especially the mortals, where you might want to bring in the um, the the Rot Coven. You're likely to be putting in a Glotkin, which is taking up seven hundred odd points. It's you know one one third of your cost is going to one model. Do you have the points to then add like a, a, a Rot Coven? Probably not. I will say uh, Luke Shaw in the chat, good call out as well. The um, the droning guard as well. The if you're going to take plague drones, the minus one to hit in the first battle round as well as when they're set up is is a nice little ability too. I like I, I'm personally I'm probably not drawn to the plague drones, but if you were going to go a demon builder, if you were going to do that, I, I actually don't mind that. It's a nice little rule. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, especially you know when it's also when they're set up. So 
if you bring a Lord of Afflictions, drop them down in your opponent's face and, yeah, first turn minus one to hit. Yeah, it's nice. Chris um, Chris in the chat has just asked, um, does a Rot Coven count as one model or three models when putting it putting it into a battalion? I would say it counts as three. It reminds me of the Gobapalooza where you pick, you pick the Gobapalooza is five models, but you must buy them as a group. Um, there was a battalion that allowed you to do like one drop them, but they are three models. No different to like Marathi. You buy them as a package, but you get a big and a small. So, sorry, it is, well, it is different to Marathi, which is the confusion. So on the Daughters of Cain um, points list, basically both the Shadow Queen and Baby Marathi are listed as leaders, whereas these guys are all just listed as one leader. So that's where the confusion yeah, you, is. But I would still say that they are, because they're listed as three different models, you've got a unit size of one, yeah. one, one, but packaged as 360. Um, I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to share the example is because it's three models, mm -hmm. I see them as three three sub-commanders yeah. until GW updates in the FAQ to say otherwise. Yeah, I, I'd absolutely agree, but I think it needs an FAQ, yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I can appreciate yeah. that. I can appreciate why you would why some people would, but I would say it, it counts as three mm -hmm. models for the purpose of battalions and for drops uh, because mm -hmm. they don't have to be together. That's the whole thing, right? They can walk around. It's just if they happen to be with each other, they get the boost, but they they don't have they're not forced to be with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With your with your coalition units, do you and I, and look obviously we can go into the weeds and um, at the end of the show or towards like the middle at least we're going to go through one of Alex's lists and get kind of put this into theory. But I thought it'd be really valuable to hear from an experienced Nurgle player, not just all us little content creators who ninety percent of us don't play Nurgle and like we're just like making the most of what we've got. Yeah, you know, I thought it'd be really valuable to hear from actually someone who plays with Nurgle. With your coalition units, what are your thoughts given that they aren't like Cities of Sig Sigmar where they don't get the maggot kin of Nurgle keyword, they don't get the sub-faction, so they're not going to get Blessed Sons or Drowning Men or whatever it might be. Is there anything in particular or do you do you consider the allies given that you've got point challenges already? Uh, at the moment, no. Um, is the honest answer. Like I've heard some people say, oh, you could take a Plague Claw um, Catapult, who can then sit, hold it within your territory, getting you contagion points. And yeah, but no, is the honest answer. What I will say though, as much as people are really going in hard against this, is that on the, these first three AOS um, three books, the war scrolls have been really strong, while the um, allegiance ability has been weak. So, you know, when it comes around to say slaves getting a new book or, or Skaven getting a new book, if these war scrolls are really strong, then suddenly actually may, maybe there's going to be a uh, reason to take coalition. But right now, no, not really. If if it was keyworded, and, and hopefully, or maybe they revisit this later, or even a sub-faction that allows you to do coalition, if it was a, uh, if it allowed you to give them the maggot kin keyword and they can give off disease, I would love the world of getting like a plague claw catapult potentially to do some, you know, some early damage and early disease points, um, especially in the backfield early. Um, and then I, I, obviously there are some really good units in, in Slaves, but that, that, that world is, doesn't exist. But then we have the issue of Archaeon with a five-up um, disgustingly resilient save, healing an extra D3 a turn. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like where yeah, do you yeah, draw I, the line? <laughs> like I said, I know why they didn't do it. I'm just yeah. talking about coalitions. If they had mm. that, I would consider that. 
look, if you're thinking of some cheap chaff and you want to block off the board with, you know, some, some, I know some plague monks might be good not to give away broken ranks and, you know, you know, given that your battle line are quite expensive. Um, but yeah, I think to me, probably it would, it would take a lot for me to find something from these. And if, if of any of them, it'd probably through, be through the Slaves of the Darkness right now until those other two books got updated. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, uh, yes, no made a good comment, and I've just looked at it on the pitch battle profile. It does say that with the rot bringers, although the, the last line says, although uh, although taken as a set, each is a separate unit. So there you go, there you go. They take it as a set, but they are three individual models. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 the, the the coalition stuff. Disgusting resilience, where our little heads are kind of blocking off. You get a five up ward across the board. So in the old book, you used to only get that for demon units, and it was on the war scroll. Now it's allegiance wide, and you heal a turn. Do you like it? Do you think it justifies the point increase? Has it changed the way you've looked at any particular units? And I know the Glotkin is one that, you know, when you look at the Glotkin with a five up healing one plus many other heals, you've got a super durable hero. It's it's incredible. Uh, like, it's, it, you can't, uh, yeah, like, overstate how good it is. Um, like, especially with Mortal Wounds apparently getting uh, greater and greater in the game, um, having army-wide Mortal Wound protection, like, you know, it's it's so good i mean the amulet of destiny is the prime example like it's a five up ward on one unit and it's completely broken we've got a five up on everything um so yeah like explain some of the highly pointed aspects of it and then yeah you combine it with um the, the locus of fecundity the healing um like potentially healing d3 a turn and yeah it's just these big units are just so hard to take down yeah, especially like your great unclean one. I mean, they're already tough to kill. The, the the Glockin is the one that really stands out. Although Festus is a bit of a um a, a sneaky addition now. People are really liking by the looks of it. People are loving Festus, but maybe uh, dumping on uh, Horticulus. Poor little Horticulus. His armor save going down. Um, seems like he, even though he gained two two wounds, he, he he's not as popular now. The old uh, tree man. It, it's so sad he's just he's my favorite guy he just runs wants to run around planting trees right? let him do it <laughs> which which i am 100 percent confident folks if you're listening to this trees are not stacking they do not they don't multiply as one equals one one does not equal seven million whatever gymnastics that people are trying to do one is one uh and i'd be surprised if you know, and I think some people, there's some arguments out there to say that if I've got three freculent normals, that would be nine contagion points. And I would be almost 100% confident to say that is not the intention and that will be cleaned up very quickly. So don't set yourself up for disappointment in the future. Just play it as one tree equals one per turn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And unless it's, unless it's, Tub it's has the, a different, different idea. No, no, no. And it's, it's like, I can see the argument, but it's absolutely the right thing like we don't need to be summoning that many wounds it's just yeah every turn it's just bad for the game how have you found your disease stuff like because especially you don't have a lot of ways to deal disease early in turn one uh, i feel mm. like disease really kicks in kind of turn two to turn three depending on again you're, you're slower so you can't get into people's face turn one or it's a lot harder to get into people's face turn one 
Um, you don't have a lot of range. Um, so, you know, there's some, I've seen some tricks talk, people talking about like, you know, um, using Umble Spell Portal to start, you know, dealing some damage early on in turn one. But it's, it's, it's very hard. It's really a turn two kind of mechanic. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you've found disease now that you've got them on the table and like, what are you, what are you finding is, is helping you rack it up or any particular way to boost it up? Yeah. So like the list that I've mostly been running, I've not like diseased has always been like an added bonus. It's not saying I've built into, but you definitely could. Um, like I've, I've so far, like, I've sort of, I think with Nurgle, if you're against an opponent who could put you down turn one, turn two, you're going to be in trouble because your your chip damage hasn't had the chance really to build up. If I'm in the game turn three, I'm pretty sure I'm going to win it um, because they just cut. Yeah, once you start adding up that diseased and you know all the other little little bits and bobs of damage you're doing, uh, yeah, it's just everything starts to crumble for your opponent, um, and it can be an incredibly hitty army when the disease gets going. Uh, it's a bit annoying, like having to constantly like remember to you know oh i just rolled a six to hit now i'm gonna have to go and do that counter and come back um so it, it is irritating but it's it's very strong and you're talking you're obviously talking about the disease weapons there as well so when you do mm -hmm. the six to hit whether it's missile or melee it's an additional disease weapon a disease token as well as the stuff that happens in the movement and the combat phase and then any other spells is there any ways that you can remember all the different ways to kind of apply. Obviously, I said to people, just grab yourself a D8 token, get a whole bunch of D8s for your opponent, just so you can keep those counters. But how do you remember to apply diseases and the disease weapon stuff? Any tricks that you've found yet? Uh, not especially. Um, I'm sort of, yeah, it's just very quickly at the end of the turn, like popping around. And even it's just saying to your opponent, like, do you mind uh, just chucking them, like, adding one to the disease at the end of the movement phase just why i like while i crack on with some shooting um and gen generally they'll be happy to do that just to speed up the game a little uh yeah um it's a bit of a faff but once you're into it it's it's fine and it's it, yeah it's strong enough to be worthwhile i think it's just the, the diseased weapons that you've got to really remember because there's a lot of spells that allow you to add disease points or to bring that mod that role down towards the end so that stuff happens at a particular time uh, and then at the movement phase or in the combat phase, it all happens at the same time. So I think it's just mm -hmm. that constant reminder in combat and shooting. That's it's almost like you need a wristband instead of like what would Jesus do or whatever those you know wristbands might be. It's like you know how, did I did I give disease points? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just it's just the little it's just the chip damage. Like you know, I had one game where I was I think it was against like a rogue idol when it had like a couple of wounds left and it was on an objective, uh, and I rolled two four ups for the two disease points it had and it died and it didn't get to take the objective off me um so yeah it's just all those little th little things and that's that's what nurgle does really well the little things uh like we don't have any big flashy plays which are gonna you know stun the world but it's just yeah constantly just your opponents having to think like oh god like what's happening now what's the, what's this gonna mean uh and disease just adds to that well, it goes back to the, the play style now. You have less models, but they are more durable. They heal. They have a really good win, uh, like they have really good wounds. Um, obviously, you know, plague bearers went up. You're healing wounds as well. You know, you just you can take a punch. Like you remind, remind me of Homer Simpson. Maybe it's not the right analogy. I was going to say Homer Simpson when he became a boxer, and he just like he just get punched in the face, and then until the the opponent was exhausted, and then you know he just pushed them over and. It kind of feels like that, like you're just constantly taking a beating, you're sitting there on the objective, 
you're denying people their battle tactics you potentially you know can maybe even deny them their grand strategy depending on what they might choose or how you're building around um the particular armies but it feels to me that you know you are a sucker for punishment you enjoy it and the disease points is just going to just chip them away slowly 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 but it's getting yeah. the chip damage on the right opponents and getting those key units kind of to die that's kind yeah. of how i see this yeah that's that's the amazing thing is like there's definitely an argument that the previous nurgle book didn't play how you thought nurgle maybe should uh like in terms of the speed and all of that whereas this is exactly it like yes they're slow um but between you know uh auto running six and uh redeploy like that makes up for most of most of it um but like you want to be in combat you want to be in your opponent's face you want to be yeah absolutely grinding it out like, i i my list which we'll see shortly is pretty low drop and i normally take first turn because i want to get up the board i want to get in my opponent's face i want to take that hit um and, yeah get stuck in and yeah so it, it plays exactly how you feel a nurgle army should which is all we can really ask for a book yeah, big a big love, Brent as well. Brent, yeah, thank you so much for the the donation. I'm not bringing up comments at the moment, only because it just comes up where our faces are, and it's a bit weird. Um, so, but appreciate all the comments and the and the content and all the uh, Brent as well. That's a really great um, appreciate the donation. Look, we can go on forever. We kind of talked a little bit about sub faction, so I'm not. I'm gonna. Is there anything else you'd want to add to the sub faction piece? We kind of already talked but about it. Yeah. Um, I I would agree with you to say that it does reward you to to spam so if you are dr a drowned man it does feel like that it's forcing you to build as many uh blight lords and the uh the lord of affliction by the way just speaking of the lord of affliction i really like i didn't call this out i probably should have but i really like that for every one lord of affliction i can add a single modeled Pascoil blight lord so the same rule that the storm drake guard the Stormcast dragons so if you want to take a single model, it's not battle line, but uh, it does help you score some of the battle tactics. And just having one model for 110 points is, um, I really like that. Yeah, 100%. Or just having something to, t uh, to switch off Unleash Hell or anything else. Yeah, um, I've used, used the single um, guy quite often. And yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's re I really like it. And, um, you've got your battle line. Has your battle line considerations changed you know plague bearers and your black kings have always been standard battle line but now you've got your beast of nurgle in your befouling host you've got your plague drones in droning guard and then your blight lords either in drowned men or if you general as lord of afflictions yeah i mean this is really where the book shines like all the battle line is you know absolutely worth considering um i know sort of yeah usually blight lords haven't been super uh, well used although actually at the start of third um they were getting used quite a lot for competitive uh nurgle lists now they are 100 percent yeah probably your best bet for battle line uh people are really hard on blight kings um for their points like their 250 points for five uh and again it's one of those things people started playing with them people started using them and like oh actually they're really good like they've got five attacks each so they're going to absolutely be ramping up the disease points they're you know up four up five up chuck them in hunters or whatever and they're you know going to be on a three up five up you're never killing them uh they've got options to deep strike to get around their slow movement uh yeah they're awesome uh, same again with plague bearers. People were really down on plague bearers because obviously in the old book, you know, they were minus one, minus two to hit in big groups, ignoring rend one, bouncing back mortal wounds on, you know, just everything. Whereas now 
they've, they've, this is a problem maybe with AOS books. They've gutted the rules and now they're just minus one to hit from shooting, but they're two wounds. And when they've got that five up ward, that means, and you know, then you take, say, I think it's fleshy abundance for the plus one wound. A, th a, three, a 300 point unit is essentially 90. 90 wounds, wounds. Yeah. 90, yeah, 90 wounds. Um, like, that's just, your opponent's like, well, I'm just never touching that. Like, what's the point? Um, it's funny because I actually made the comparison in one, in my video and I said, you know, Demonettes are 110 points. They're 10 wounds. You know, you've got 150 points for 20 wounds and they don't have the ability to do flushy event, uh, abundance. But then someone corrected me and said, actually, they went up. And I, I, I'd forgotten. I was thinking of the 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 Slanesh Demons, uh, when they come out with their new book in second edition, they're 110 points. And they've actually got up to 140 points. So yeah. for extra 10 points, when you compare them to your Slanesh counterparts, you're getting literally double the amount of wounds. And I think hand on heart, everyone would prefer Plague Bearers over Demonettes. So, um, but I made a comment. I'd be curious to think, hear what you, what you have to say. I made a comment to say that the Beast of Nurgle, if you were going to go Befouling Host, might be worth maybe having one of them as a battle line option because it's the cheapest battle line option you've got. Um, could be an okay objective holder. I know we're comparing that against like the plague bearers, but if you're crunch for points, the beast of Nurgle might not be a bad option if you're a befouling host. I think I, so. I quite often summon them in my list um, just as like a pinning piece um, using the Glock. Spoiler alert, I love the Glockkin. Uh, using the just as a pinning piece to um, keep your opponent stuck in combat. Um, and I think we might be surprised. Uh, Tom Maudsley, who's like a really, really good UK player, he's Place gone out, great. he's gone out and bought 10, 11 beasts of Nurgle. Uh, like he's really hot on them. Uh, and if he's hot on them, then I'm going to believe that they're good. Um, it's not something I've thought about loads, but yeah, um, they're you know, just pinging around the board like ping pinballs uh yeah yeah I, I feel like they're definitely better than they were in the old book but to get obviously they unlock the battle line um you'd have to be a befouling host mm. and if if one tree equals one point and two trees still is two points not four points then befouling host some people have argued that you know getting two feculent narmors at the start isn't as valuable if it's not, you know, two equals four. Um, but I actually also like the idea of Beast of Nurgle not being battle line because it just makes that broken ranks even harder. At least if you've got a Beast of Nurgle and then let's say two units of Plague Bearers, then I've got an easy target to kill and score broken ranks from you. But if you've got one just as a pinball holding objective and it isn't a battle line, then um, there's there's very little to lose by, by dying. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning with the double trees that with deleting objectives if you've set your tree up so as you can summon onto one objective and your opponent obviously knows that by the time in turn three that you say summoning 10 plague bearers your opponent's just going to delete that objective and now you know if your heroes are in combat which they should be so they can't summon you're summoning your unit miles away from anything if you've got double trees then you you've got that redundancy um so i don't think the host is yeah as bad as people think no, Joe, Joe McGill in the chat's mentioning uh, Befouling Host with Horticulus, the Beast of Nurgle spam is where he's going to live. I love it. I love the yeah. idea. I would love to see a whole bunch of – and you know what? I want people to go back to the old – see, I'm from the old school, right? I'm from Warhammer Fantasy days where 
um, what Games Workshop would do is they would encourage you to kit bash and make some really messed up conversions using, you know, really bizarre parts. You know, you'd have one arm from a, I don't know, a Marauder, the other arm from like a Skaven, then you'd have like the tail of a lizard man and, you know, some real messed up type of like, give me some more of those types of beasts. Don't just give me like yeah. a whole bunch of them. Uh, yeah, I'll just sorry, very quickly just touch on plague drones. Uh, I've already talked about their shooting attack. Uh, you know, if you want to blow up a, uh, a 10 man screen, like, yeah, easy. Uh, but also, they count as two models each. So you've got six models and objectives. So your opponent can't just, yeah, walk on to these objectives. Um, yeah, they've, you know, they're still going to be a, a five up, five up, uh, 15 wounds. It's, yeah, 200 points. It's great. The, the only thing I would say as well is um, I think the big the, the, one of the other big reasons people are a bit down on the Blight Kings is because of coherency rules and just the the range of weapons. And it's just going back to – I mean, back in the day, you know, you'd run one block of, like, 15 play, uh, Blight Kings and then you'd have a couple of, like, a, maybe a 10 and a couple of 5s or two 10s and a 5. Like, you'd have – you know, you'd just spam the Blight Kings on the table with big blocks of just unmovable – you know they sit in the middle and they just don't move it feels like now when you're building around blight kings you're really building around units of five um i'm not seeing a lot of people talk about units of 10 and i think coherency and just you know it, it's a big point sink going in with the 10. yeah uh, i think probably the only unit i would reinforce in the book is plague bearers i don't think i'd even yeah. reinforce blight lords and that as much as anything there's less buffs, so you don't need like a big Death Star unit that you're going to chuck all your buffs on. And you've got like the healing. So like the more units you've got, the more healing you've got. So why not, you know, go for more small units, have more utility, have more healing and thus be tankier? Yeah, that's my feel. My feel is I don't think right now is the time for Black Kings to be in blocks of 10. And if you do, if you do, like, I'd love to hear the reason why you do, you're doing it. Um, I just feel like you're giving away too much. I'm better off having two units of five over one unit of 10, unless I want to play like the one drop game. But again, like, is it, I'd rather be two drops and have two units of five than try to get myself in a one drop just yeah, personally. Sure. Um, with your enhancements, uh, look, there's a lot of enhancements and things like that. Maybe like, is there anything that maybe stands out for you or should we just, I, I feel like we'd be forever with this one. There's some good, good stuff. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll talk about it when we have a quick look at my list at the end. Cool. Um, yeah, let's, they, yeah, they're, yeah, they're let's my favourites on there. Yeah. I thought I'd just bring up the rules from the slide decks just to make life a bit easier. But this is what I wanted to get to. I, I really wanted to get to because the wheel was fundamental to um, the way that you used to play in, in the first book. And it has changed. And it ha it's changed dramatically. Um, as you can see here, I've kind of put, called out the key changes. And you can see all of the parts of the wheel has changed what are your thoughts now of the wheel and how do you think about it in your game is it like disease where like you're not building around uh, you're not building around the cycle or yeah it, it really it's the first thing i said it really encourages good play um by, by that i mean obviously uh, without the ability to manipulate it uh, other than one command trait what you're given is what you've got um so all that means is, I mean, for me, uh, four and five, uh, Plague of Misery and Nauseous Revulsion, those two turns one after another is brutal for your opponent. So if I roll a three, uh, I know that turns two and three are going to be like 
amazing for me. So I'm going to play pretty hard, get in my opponent's face and go. Uh, on the other hand, you know, if I want a one or a two where, you know, I'm not getting there to a later game, maybe I'll play a little bit cagier. Um, so, yeah, like the, the abilities are really strong. Um, if Plague of Misery gets changed to just full stop stopping Inspiring Presence, things get really scary. Um, but, yeah, some of them... Why? Do... Why? Talk, talk, talk to me more about that. Uh, yeah, so basically at the moment, unit leaders can still use Inspiring Presence as it's worded. Uh, if that gets fact, which I've kind of been hinted at that it might, uh, then just turning off Inspiring Presence for a turn, especially when you've got so much chip damage and so much ability to spread your damage, uh, could be really, yeah, really nasty. Uh, and from that, you know, um, going straight into uh, Nausea's Revulsion, stopping your opponent piling in. If you're against a combat army, they've just got nothing. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely like an added bonus. Sometimes, you know, if I roll like a two, it can be a little bit tough for me, or like a one or a two. Uh, if I'm rolling that three or four, like life is good. Um, yeah. Can I just pause you on um, on number five? I want to go back to number five because I think that is an under underappreciated rule. But before before we get to that, um, with the plague of misery as it currently is worded, given that it's based on heroes. Yeah, if I have a unit champion, I can still issue inspiring presence at the end. So that, and also rally as well. So that kind of sucks because, it's, you know, a lot of units these days do have that unit champion that can, you know, issue inspiring presence. And there's nothing you could do to stop it because even like a monstrous uh, action of raw only is for the combat phase. So it still allows them to issue a command in the battle shock phase. So um, as it's currently worded, it's, you can still do it from a unit champion, but um, I, I wouldn't actually I wouldn't actually mind that to be clarified and updated. So I'd mm -hmm. be okay with that. Yeah. But talk to me more about this. I think it's the second part, right? It's the enemy units that do, uh, that do not have the Nurgle keyword cannot finish a pile in closer to a friendly Nurgle unit than they were at the start of the move. So unpack this for me because I think people would just read that and go, "Cool, like great." Like, yep. what does that mean to you? How do you think about it? Where has it become powerful? Yeah, so it it has, like, so many uses. So, like, firstly, if we're talking about a big block of infantry, so say there's a 20 block of infantry, all I'm going to do is take one of my cheap units and I'm going to charge onto the very corner model of that unit um, and they're not going to be able to pile in towards me. So on their turn, they're getting one or two models fighting into that they you know they can retreat but in that case that unit you know it's done nothing that turned amazing or they can just stand there in combat and yeah either way that unit has basically just been made entirely redundant uh against bigger monsters uh if i'm able to charge a nearby less scary unit and then pile in in the combat phase to like 2.9 inches away from that unit unless they've got three inch reach now that monster is stuck in combat unable to fight unable to do anything but retreat uh, yeah, it's just in this this time at the moment where there's so many big, scary monsters around, like, yeah, like you know, monster units around, just being able to trap them in combat and have them do nothing for a turn is huge. So when when, when I think about this rule, I'm thinking about pinning a unit and obviously when it comes to the time of the revulsion, I don't want to be in base-to-base -base contact with my opponent. I want to be within within three inches, so... Um, I want to start within three inches. And the way I'm looking at this 
is I'm going to limit the amount of damage coming back to me because one, my opponent can't pile in, but two, if they only have a one inch weapon, there's really a, a fine amount of damage going to go into me. But if they have a two or a three, I'm starting to block that off. So the, the, um, and you can be cheeky as well, right? If your unit is already in combat and then you can kind of move around and pin a unit and within three inches in preparation for the revulsion, then all of a sudden you've pinned them, you've kept within three, but you don't have many units that are actually within base to base. Um, I think for me, that's kind of where it becomes valuable, especially with a lot of like one inch and two inch weapons. They seem to be pulling back a little bit on the three inch weapons these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, if, if I know that turn five is next turn or even this turn, it's amazing double turn. Like double turn is obviously something people struggle with. It's amazing double turn protection because you know that on the first turn, your opponent's getting very little use of their turn. So then they get the double. And while they can do a bit with it, you know, you've got it out of the way and now you're threatening to double them back. Um, so yeah, it just really encourages good smart play, which is kind of a, a theme with this book is it really makes you think and if you make a bad decision it'll probably um like hurt you although you're tanky enough to get away with bad decisions um but you make a good decision and yeah you just win <laughs> i i could see situations where um you block somebody off when this time comes in you could block somebody off getting onto an objective and piling in onto an objective and, and scoring it from you um which i think is a big one um, I can also see this this coming in at a really bad time for someone where if this starts to come in, let's say, late game, and your opponent has burnt through a bunch of battle tactics and they've got, like, broken ranks or slayed the warlord, there's some very combat-orientated battle tactic that your opponent has to use because they've burnt through some of the good ones. All of a sudden, you've just made their life a whole lot harder. So... Um, I can see some really good tactical play with some of this stuff. And, but again, that, that also, like, don't underestimate the minus one to charge rolls. You know, like, how often do you make a charge by, like, 0 0.1, 0 0.2? Even if you, like, even if they make the charge, you know, but they only just make it because of that minus one, and then they can't pile in. It's like, yeah, like, they might as well just not have charged. Well, you could you could redeploy, and then then the minus one to the charge as well, and all of a sudden, yeah, you've, you've, you've either forced them to maybe use a CP to re-roll it, um, or they fail the charge altogether. So again, this kind of comes back to what we said earlier. It's becoming a very tactical book, um, not just a run forward and uh, Nurgle goes burr. Yeah, and that's kind of what I said. Like your opponent will make a mistake at some point, and Nurgle capitalizes on it really heavily. You know, they won't be like, oh, I'm going to like go and I'm going to charge this thing, and they just forget, and then they charge, and you're like, oh, by the way, like I did tell you at the start of the turn, but just remember you can't pile in, and they're like, oh no, uh, yeah. I will say the burgeoning is, is um, I really wish Games Workshop didn't use contagion points and command points with the same acronym. Yeah. Like, why on earth are they both CP? It's silly, but there we go. It's GW, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just use, use some other language. But, yeah, I think the wheel is great. I'm really enjoy happy with the wheel. Um, really quickly, has summoning changed in your eyes? Have you Are you now summoning less? Are you summoning more? Are you summoning different types of units um yeah yeah i've got like i've summoned yeah like sometimes i'll summon um a sloppity or a spoil pox early got a few um quite often i'll summon as i said beast of nurgle just as a, a quick objective grabbing pinning piece late game uh and then yeah that magic number 14 just you know oh here's um 
30 wounds onto an objective for you to deal with like sure you won't normally get it until turn three but turn three if you're getting that unit straight onto an objective like your opponent's got only got half their army left it's even harder for them to shift it is there any reason why you would summon the heralds are you are you summoning an extra herald like sloppity or is this in it in replace of putting it in your list so you just build around not having sloppity and then knowing that when you get enough contagion points you bring the sloppity into the list yeah 100 i don't think there's really any, much reason for you it's in a demon build to pay the points for them uh, i think yeah you, you take a great unclean one with like the bell for example to get that because all you generally need is one extra contagion point um to be able to summon uh and then yeah straight into your army boom uh so yeah i quite like summoning a um a sloppity into my lists um like, normally it's turn two for me um but yeah it's a really solid play so that's one of your key ones is there any other things that you would bring into your list are you are you summoning a great unclean one? Because one of those battle tactics that you've got is to summon a great unclean one. I feel like saving up your CP with the current wording and the current thoughts of Feculate Narmors is a trap. I feel like I would much rather add small units like your, um, your Plague Bearers, like Sloppity, like you know other things as you go as opposed to this big bang towards the end. Yeah, I mean, even if you build really heavily into it, you're probably not getting one till turn five, in which case you make a nine inch charge or he does nothing. Yeah, like I don't, yeah, it's nothing. It's maybe in like bigger games, I, I don't know, but no. You'd have to, you'd have to really build around getting as much contagion plaque. I think you've got to like heavily optimize your list to be a contagion point summoning monster. But I don't think the I don't think the book allows you to do that easily. You know, it's like a turn three, turn four type of great unclean one. Yeah, and ultimately he doesn't really do late game. He doesn't do twice as much as a you know two units of the you know two units of plague bearers. It's like yeah, just bring the wounds. Um, the other yeah, oh, I, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about coalitions and um. Um, someone in the chat um, had mentioned uh, and asked us the question. Actually, it was probably a good good reminder. Um, would you bring in a coalition plague priest um, for its universal prayers? I think it's actually not a bad option. I think given yeah. there's very few people, you know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Curse, and there's not a lot of durable units and heroes that will really benefit from it. I think there's some examples, you know, Corn and Beast of, uh, Beast of Chaos, not Beast of Chaos, but, uh, Beast Claw Raiders uh, have a couple of good options. I think the Plague Priest would actually be an okay ally. It's a fair point, and it gives you some priests, and you don't have access to priests naturally in this book. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like, could be good, although maybe I take it for heal rather than for... Um, even then, you've got so much healing. It's just like disease points is basically half as good as Curse, so it's like it's limited um like benefits compared to other armies which really need curse yeah it's 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 a good option especially if you want to tap into the priest the priest and knowing that your summoning isn't as strong by getting a prayer off it's just you don't have a lot of natural abilities to um mm -hmm. and you know i think you know again the chat's mentioning earlier thank you flaming um you know even like if you want to bring in the plague furnace as well like there's a lot of cool interesting combinations if you go into skaven I think it goes back to what you initially said, though. Just do you have the points and what are the sacrifices just because your units are currently quite expensive? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe that's not. Yeah, maybe it's not the worst decision to do. But if we're talking about yeah, sort of fairly competitive age of Sigma, it's like no, there's no reason to. Tree, do you like it? Do you not like it? Are you just going to build one and not summon any more? Um, do you have any thoughts around the feculent Narmor? I think it's okay. Yeah, it's it's not much. Like I think the most important thing is where you put it. Um, because it's only summoning pretty close. I think it's summoning wholly within seven of it. Um, the summoning like it change, be... it used to be 12, and now it's mm -hmm. down to seven. Yeah, so like I've generally found I'm always summoning from my tree, um, just because my heroes are always in combat. So having that um, that room to summon anything in, I really struggle with. So good placement of the tree is important, and that's where its use is. Uh, other than that, it's, yeah, a whole load of nothing, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's not a huge amount of stuff, uh, and I think I think most Nurgle players used to take it just for the run and charge. Like, a re let's let's yeah. be honest. Like, you know, I, I could probably count on the amount of you know the amount of damage on my hand, how much uh, mortal wounds you dealt with by being next to a tree, and like it was never that big. But there yeah. was always the run and charge. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you have any thoughts around the grand strategies and battle tactics? I feel like sometimes that they are building up for a world where maybe the next battle pack doesn't have generic grand strategies and battle tactics and i say this because or maybe they're building up to a world of 40k where you know everything is just going to be built within the the, the battle tome slash codex and future battle packs don't have a grand strategy and a battle tactic would you going back to grand strategies will you be taking one of these over what's currently available in gurish heartlands i don't think so uh like if you couldn't heal disease points then spread rampant disease would be interesting but all your opponent has to do is yeah go uh yeah go first or no go second turn five heal that disease point yes it's done um and that's yeah, a big uh, bet. If you're going into a tournament and you've got to put down the grand strategy for five games and all it takes for an opponent to take round five, go last, heal, deny you that battle tactic, that's crushing. Yeah, especially when, you know, like the Nurgle builds are either going to be monster heavy or your monsters are really hard to kill. It's going to be battle line heavy or your battle line really hard to kill. So you're just going to go for those ones or, you know, if you went for um like more magic based you all your wizards sat at the back like there's just yeah the grand strategies in the book on this one uh sorry in the uh general's handbook are just better um there's probably some interesting battle tactics that you can get um i'm still i'm really bad basically i disagree with the whole battle um faction specific battle tactics things so i've not actually looked into these massively um it's something i need to do um but yeah i'm pretty sure there's a couple that are good from what i've been told I think some of them are all right. By the way, I think corrupt next, uh, corrupt arcane nexus might not be a bad grand strategy. If you are taking like a big centerpiece model, let's say the Glocken, and if you can get the Glocken in the middle of the board, and then kind of like, I almost like imagine this like the NFL, like you know you've got your um your quarterback and then you defend your quarterback. If you can defend your quarterback and kind of block off that six inches from the center of the battlefield, then great, you score your grand strategy. But I guess the question I've got is what happens in those battle packs or battle plans where the objective is not in the middle? You know, do you want to have your Glockin or do you want to be defending the center of the board? 
and keeping those away from objectives. And I think the answer in most situations is no, I want them to be in the fight, not being pulled from the fight because I want to score my grand strategy and ultimately maybe even lose the game. Yeah. Also, like, you know, game five of a, a tournament, you're, you're tired, you have a, a really intense game, you're just going to forget. You're going to get yeah. to, I, I forget, I forget what my grand strategy is and like, oh yeah, I need to keep my monsters alive. Um, so like, yeah, having to like be in one place, you'll, you'll catch yourself turn five and be like, oh, I've, I've lost it. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably almost put a token down. I, I think I would, if I was going to play this, yeah. I would put a token down, almost like a gravesite marker. Just like, look, here's a little dot. It's just like, I'm going to have to defend that. Obviously, then you're t you're reminding your opponent throughout the entire game about your little point you need to kind of hold. But I could see you're right. Like, you get into the thick of it. You're in combat. You're battle shock. You're moving around. Mm -hmm. You'll forget about that that um, arcane nexus pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, as, and, as, and as, um, as someone in the chat's already mentioned... I don't want to have to think about my grand strategy most of the time. I think that's a, a, a really good point. Like it should complement the way you play, not yeah. draw you from the mission and the play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Re reading through the battle tactics, I do like both Gifts of Nurgle and Glory to the Grandfather. I think they're both super attainable. Gifts of Nurgle, probably more late game. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a couple. I mean, yeah. Glory to the Grandfather is probably almost an auto get on some turns you're just like right i'm gonna go in i'm gonna smash yeah cool just i like i like feed the, the maggots especially when you're playing a lot of like one wound units so um if you're able to do seven um kill seven models um in that turn with your disease then um happy days yeah 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 it's definitely it's a game yeah yeah yeah, not all matchups, but definitely, I think it's definitely a good card to have up your sleeve. But then some of them are very specific to having a, a summon great unclean one or working with the rot fly mount. Um, some of yeah, some of the you know ones very very specific to the, the, the feculent narmal as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the droning is if you are going to be building around you know your um your your plague drones, then yeah, the droning is going to be great for that one. But if you're not bringing that in and you're building around something completely else, then it's a useless tactic. Yeah, especially with the Lord of Afflictions being able to drop in. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. This, I'm sure this one's going to be a really quick one. Thoughts on the core battalions? You've got your, your Thrice Fold for your Triple Glade Unclean One slash Rodigus, or you've got your, uh, your, your Rotbring Assist, which is your very heavily focused mortal uh, battalion. I'm not a fan of either of them competitively. Um, I don't know. That's I, I, I feel underwhelmed with these two. I think Rotbring Assist, if you're going more heavy, is good just because you can fit more units into it than a Battle Regiment. The problem is you're always taking one monster, pretty much. Uh, so you're immediately going to be a two-drop. Uh, and often that would then actually fit into a Battle Regiment. Um, but for very specific builds, I could see the Rotbring Assist being good. But by and large, no, it's, you're going Battle Regiment over it. That was what I was going to say. Is I think if you're going to build, let's say, a lot of um, Black Kings or, you know, you use the units within the Rotbring Assist, I think I'm going to probably going to be wanting to bring in a Glockin who's going to sit outside. So I think the Battle Reg is probably better. Um, Even the Magath Lords. Like, you're always running one, yeah. on, one, or, two, one or two Magath Lords. So, yeah, immediately, okay, I'm two drop now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and there's obviously a lot of other changes. And, and, you know, we'll talk about units in a second. And I'm just going to quickly switch screens and um, 
and I'll swap out and, and bring up your actual list. But mm -hmm. um, like, like, like just talking this with you, I, I hope people are feeling a bit more optimistic. This is not a sales pitch and I'm not trying to tell you your book is awesome. But I think the, the, the it was a bit of an overreaction and people were a little bit over, you know, they were angry. They were angry and I can appreciate why you were angry. But I think now kind of the dust is settling, you know, talking to you, Alex, I'm hearing that it's not so bad. Um, there is still really good stuff in the book, but I just need to think differently and I need to look at my list differently. And ultimately, it's my play style. I think the way I play with my toys on the table has fundamentally changed. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, here's the list. I've been, I've been teasing you with my little strip tease and talking. No, it's been important to talk about the rules uh, before we get into the list. But here is your list. Here's the list or at least a list. It's not the list. It's not everyone copy Alex's list and go run it at your next GT. Uh, and it is obviously as well pre-FAQ. So we don't know what's going to change. So if points change or rules change or uh, understanding of certain rules change, obviously things might get added or removed. But what you've got is you've gone blessed sons with the beast master grand strategy. And I just kept inspiring there because it wasn't in your list, but you're at 2k anyway. Um, yeah. So does it matter? <laughs> does it yeah, matter? Sure. Um, so you've got, um, you've got demon spew, the glockin and you've got Lord of afflictions. You've got the spell on Rodigus, which is rancid visitations. And you've got the Lord of afflictions. Who's the general with overpowering stench and the, the split hell horn helm. You've then gone ten, ten, 10 Plague Bearers, two blight, uh, Puscal Blight Lords, two Puscal Blight Lords, three Plague Drones in a Battle Rage. First mm. observation that I want to talk about is this is a very mixed force. Um, we talked a lot about spam before, and I imagine people are thinking, if I'm going to build around Plague Bearers, I'm going to do a lot of Demon Spam, and I wouldn't bring in the Glockin. Or if I'm going to go all mortals, I wouldn't bring in demons. I think yeah, some of the thinking is very like you're either one or the other, but you've gone you've gone both. You've gone a, a bit of a soup here. Talk to me a bit about your thinking and what you're trying to achieve with the list. Yeah, so it's like whichever way you go, mortals or demons, they've kind of got their downfalls. Like demons are you know very tanky. They've got a lot of board presence, but they lack any punch. Uh, while mortals are going to inherently be very low model count. Um, so yeah, um, basically, if I mean yeah, from the top general, everyone's going to be taking um, who runs mortals a lord of affliction as your general. He's awesome. Um, just yeah, eight wounds on a three up five up. In my case, it's a three up four up because of the artifact, um, which just gives him a four up ward. Uh, that's immediately you know one very hard to achieve battle tactic for my opponent, which is slay the warlord. Now you're like okay, I've got to put a lot in to kill him. Um, the command trait overpowering stench is probably one of the strongest things in the book. Uh, basically, within seven inches, units can't uh, give out commands, uh, and if yes. they're holy, yes. and if they're and if they're holy within seven, they can't re um, receive commands. They can't. Yeah. Uh, which basically just means uh, it's it's like raw, but it's guaranteed. So no, in a safe stacking meta. No all-out defense if you're close to my Lord of Afflictions. If he charges 30 Sentinels, they can't uh, unleash hell on him. Uh, it's just, yeah, uh, inspiring presence suddenly they can't do. It's just, yeah, it's so good. Uh, and it, it, again, plays into that. Uh, you're constantly messing with your opponent's head. They're like, oh, I'm going to re redeploy or unleash hell. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not. Look where you are. 
so yeah. just be just be careful of the uh, the wording. Like I found this one really interesting because overwhelming stench, right? The hero just has to be within seven, but mm -hmm. the unit has to be wholly within seven. So if it's a large unit, I know we're not playing in a horde meta right now, but if you've got an opponent with a lot of large bases um, or they've kind of strung out a little bit, th this one could be a hard one. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. But I do want to ask you though, just to really quickly, and you know, it's a good question to ask um, from the chat is what was the logic behind blessed sons you know i think a few people yep. in the chat immediately wondered why you wouldn't go um i think drowning men i think no they, yeah uh, drowned, drowned, the men. drowned men yeah. yeah there's every there's every chance like i've run drowned men um it's good uh for me though i'm almost always so far chucked the lord of afflictions in the sky with one unit of blight lords um so then i'm only getting one unit with a pre-game move um so it's kind of like well I might as well try and just get a little bit more mortals. Uh, and, you know, it is annoying, you know, rolling all those dice and not rolling any sixes. And you're like, oh, I didn't get any mortal wounds. So I, I might well change this list back to do uh, Drowned Men in the future. Um, but for me, it was about making the Glockkin. This whole list is about making the Glockkin as good as possible. Um, and so, you know, he dies, you roll 20 dice, you do a few mortal wounds. Um, but yeah, it's it's okay. Is this a one drop, by the way? Or I, I, two drop. I, yeah. I, I, messed, I messed up the template. I didn't actually. I meant to ask you how many drops. Uh, the list you it, gave me didn't have it, but yeah, it's, it's two, two drops. drops. Uh, yeah, Orgots isn't in the battle regiment, uh, but everything else sits in it. Um, yeah. Um, then I think Orgots and the Glockkin. If you're running the Glockkin, I think you want to always take Orgots, um, mostly for his free command every turn, uh, because I'm always using Blight Creek, uh, which is the Glockkin's command ability. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super CP hungry. Uh, so that's where that comes in. Um, yeah, Glockkin, he's 700 points. Lots of people hate him at 700 points. I think he's broken still. <laughs> um, just let's let, let, let's yeah, let's yeah. Sit, let's sit on Glocken because yeah. um by the way I love the uh the split horn helm I think giving your mm -hmm. general a four up ward is just beautiful um yeah. the fact that you're healing as well um really keeps that lord of affliction around for a long time but talk to me about the Glotkin because it is a big investment. It's 300 or so sorry, sorry, it's one third of your list, 300. Yeah. It's one third of your list and it's a big boy, right? But, you know, you lost some of the abilities, you gained some abilities, you've gained obviously the war, war master rules so you can issue commands at a, a much uh, further kind of range. Mm -hmm. You got more wounds. I think you went up with wounds, but more importantly, yeah. gained the the the, 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 um, the five up ward with the yeah. um, heal one wound a turn. Mm -hmm. Have people killed your Glockin? Um, like, what have you what have you learned so far with your Glockin? So the only thing that's killed it so far is a Wurgog prophet. Those things are broken. Uh, just so one? many. Like one, you did like thirty mortal wounds. <laughs> it's like I'd okay. Say Poor old bone splitters have got literally nothing other than spamming the Wargog Prophet, but that's that's yeah. a, they've got a one trick pony. But yeah. uh, and they can just do like an industrial amount of mortal wounds if the dice roll is lucky. Yeah, um, but yeah, like he's twenty wounds, four up, five up. So if you're going to kill him, you've really got to try to kill him. Um, and often opponents just won't bother. Um, he's pretty good in combat. Um, he's got I think seven attacks at threes and twos minus two three damage. So if he goes in, you know, quite uh, I'll always give him plus one to hit. 
So at twos and twos, he's yeah doing sort of 15, um, 15, 20 damage. Uh, and then he's also got a really nice monstrous rampage, which is... I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask yeah. you, do you do that over Roar or Stomp? I tend to. Um, usually because I run the Lord of Afflictions very close to him. So the Lord of Afflictions is kind of roaring my opponent anyway. Um, at which point... Um, yeah, he's just doing, you know, going in and doing five mortal wounds, uh, which I can charge a little hero. Bam, the hero's dead. It's like, cool, I don't have to mm. worry about it. now splitting my attacks and like being like, oh, how much do I need to kill this little hero? It's just, it's done. Um, he's also got, it's a bit of a weird rule. Um, start of the movement phase, you've got to roll higher than their bravery. I think it's bravery. Oh, is this horrific? Uh, uh, horrific yeah, uh, yeah. At the start of the enemy movement phase, you roll 2d6 for each uh, enemy unit that's within three inches of the unit. So he's on a massive base. So it mm -hmm. could be a couple of units. If the roll is equal to or greater than the unit's bravery characteristic, they must retreat or um, suffer d6. Yeah. Mortal wounds. And like normally, your opponent's going to take the d6 mortal wounds um especially with the thing we'll talk about in a minute um but again it's just adding to that mortal wounds you know now he's doing five plus d6 mortal wounds in a turn before you take him to have disease and everything else that, you are, that he's doing um but the reason you take him is blight creek um his command ability is um end of your opponent's movement phase uh he and another unit wholly within 18 inches of him uh get to charge um and the important as long as word, the unit as long as the unit is within 12 inches of the enemy absolutely but the important um distinction is that he can be in combat and still give out that command because it says can charge not must charge or so he can be in combat and could still get another unit to do that cheeky um cheeky play um or if he, or, or if the glockham was sitting on an objective but you just want a slingshot or you know counterplay europe you know yeah your glockham can stay there but you sling. what would you what are the types of units that you would like to use um this ability on because it is keyworded megakin of nurgle so literally anything in the army could be counter charging um i've done i've done it with everything in the list um i mostly use it to deny battle tactics um like your opponent, my opponent go like, oh, okay, I'm going to conquer. You know, you've got, uh, I, I don't know, two um, Blight Lords sat on there. Uh, I'm going to charge this big unit on uh, and we're going to take that objective off you. And I go, no, you're not. I charge out uh, and pin you off. Uh, or I've had it where they've gone, I'm going to go uh, broken ranks on that really weakened battle line unit. And then I counter charge with another unit, pinning that big scary unit. Uh, and that's, that's the thing is that your opponent... For, for a while we'll be like okay no he can do this thing i must remember but at some point they're going to forget uh and at that point that's going to be basically a four point swing in the game oh no sorry two point swing in the game um and often in aos3 two points is probably all it needs to win a game one uh one has mentioned a, a really good I, I love this combination um maybe it's more of a theory hammer alex you tell me that you know being able to um counter charge with a base of nurglings or a beast of nurgle and it's almost like an arcane bolt like you got this like just just sling them up the board pin them in deny them from getting into onto an objective or getting into that juicy target they wanted to go into and you're throwing away especially if they're not battle line throwing away your nurglings throwing away um a, a summoned beast of nurgle 
just to pin and, and obviously knowing the durability, they just sit there and just take it. This is exactly why I uh, summon Beast of Nurgle quite regularly is because they synergize really well, especially when they retreat and charge. So you, you charge them in, uh, they pin it, they then retreat, they charge somewhere else. Yeah, um, it's really good. It's also worth noting people are really down on the Glockkin because of this four inch movement. Uh, the way I get around this is Orgots gives him his free CP. So now he's going to move 10 inches on my first turn. Uh, we're going to run him. Uh, and then in my opponent's turn, he's going to charge. Um, so basically he's got a 10 inch move um, because he can always charge out of sequence. Uh, so yeah, um, it's just, it, it forces your opponent to think really hard. Uh, and at some point over a game, they're going to make a mistake. And if you're a good, hopefully if you're a good player or you spot it, you're, you'll be able to capitalize on it. And you won't be able to, you wouldn't be able to re-roll the charge roll because... Um, no. Yeah, because they've already re received a command, but also re-roll charge is in the charge phase. So unless that would deny you. Yeah, so unless you had the triumph, I'm pretty sure triumph you could do it at any point. Not that I've, don't, not that I've checked that. Uh, also, uh, a reason to take Horticula horticulus is i'm pretty sure he gives beasts of nurgle real world charges so there is there is hope for, for little horticulus um yeah uh what was i gonna say yeah you can re yeah yeah horticulus allows you to re-roll charge rolls for friendly beasts of nurgle if they hold you within 14 mm -hmm. so it's, it's, yeah it's, it's worth yeah it's worth comparing it to the iron sun's ability in iron jaws which happens at the end of the opponent's charge phase the fact that this happens uh in the movement phase Firstly, it switches off Unleash Hell. So again, you can charge shooting units without any threat. Uh, but also, like for example, Fulminators right now, they're super scary. They're the hardest hitting unit in the meta. Well, now Fulminators can never charge you. So like, cool. They're now damage one rather than damage three. And like charge bonuses are quite common in the game. And you're just saying, nope, you can't have that. Uh, Brad Pitt Lord has mentioned, and I, I, I don't think you can do this. So Brad Pitt Lord asking, you know, can you do this in combination with redeploy? And the answer would be no, because your Glockon would be issuing the command, but and also and then creating that bubble to to receive. So um, you wouldn't be able to redeploy. You wouldn't be able to at the start of the the movement phase do a redeploy, and then go into um, oh. No, actually, oh. no, because it's still all in the movement phase, so you wouldn't be yeah. able to. Yeah, because yeah, it's happening in the movement phase. Because unleash hell is shooting uh, is in the charge phase. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. wouldn't work. I'm just, I'm just yeah. I'm thinking through the scenarios, and like I can't think of any way that that would work. No, I don't think so. Cool, but yeah, Glockin, I think has got some good counterplay. The fact it's got twenty wounds, five up, healing one. Um, you know, a lot of cool stuff you could possibly do with it um elias in the chat mentioning the black the black cring is is unreliable and you're right i think um you know to make it reliable you'd need horticulus um if you were going to kind of sling through that the blight kings for example lost their plus one to run and charge so their musician you know that would have given you a bit more reliability if you were going to slingshot them uh, and counter charge your opponent there's not a lot of those plus one to run and charges in from what i'm seeing yeah, I think that's where it comes down to unit selection. Like, I'm always like really aware that I can fail the charges and I won't get a reroll. So, like maybe a better unit would be seven inches away. But if I've got another unit which can do a similar job five or four inches away, I'll be like, yeah, I'll just go for that. Be sure I make the charge. 
I don't think it, I think it ultimately depends on where exactly your units are in preparation for the counter charge. So exactly. if you're trying to slingshot something from 10 inches away, then yeah, absolutely. It's unreliable. But if you're, if you're screening around and you've got some options, then in three or four or five, like, and it, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all in the setup. You can absolutely bait your opponent into, you know, you could send your battle line unit in, um, like absolutely prime for them to, um, do broken ranks on it but you'd also have the glockkin lurking really nearby they take the bait they go for broken ranks then the glockkin goes in and yeah you, you deny that battle tactic and then that again was, yeah that's a, that's a great one actually if someone has chosen like broken ranks slay the warlord some type of like kill your opponent um you've obviously got redeploy up your sleeve and they've also got this so um, you there is only there's one battle tactic that the glockkin can't interfere with and that's ferocious advance because even monstrous takeover, all he has to do is charge onto that objective, and because a monster can't be on the objective, you you deny it. Uh, and again, in a game where most of, most good players will get five out of five battle tactics, uh, if you can deny one, I've had you know games where the Glockkin's denied two at most so far, um, and I'm still figuring out how to play him. Yeah, it's a huge swing, especially when you play the objective game sitting on the objective so well. Yeah, and I and I think that's the reality as well, folks. Is that Age of Sigma, especially now third edition, it's not about because you got to remember, like when I used to play tournaments in first and second edition, it was never about objective play and battle tactics. Were never were never as big as they were. Like like the the, the, the secondaries were like auxiliary objectives. They were like tiebreakers at best. Mm -hmm. So you know it was all about you know scoring your VPs and then your kill points. They were like your first win conditions. Now it's not about killing. It's certainly about scoring your battle tactics and your VPs, right? So for anyone who's worried about the damage dealing potential, it's okay. You can take it and you can counter a whole bunch of things through your durability. So what I'm hearing is Glockin isn't as bad as people are thinking. Yes, sticker shock. It is 700 points. Big jump from the 300 that it was. But it is offering still a lot of value to you and worth the 700 odd points. Yeah, I think I... If I'm being honest, maybe he should be 650. Like maybe he's a touch overpointed. Um, and I, but and for some players, he probably won't work. They'll be like, I don't, I don't get it. But yeah, if you, I think if you put a lot of time in with the Glockin, you could be yeah, do some really good stuff with him. There's some really really cool plays there. I think the other thing I'll just mention before I go back into your list, um, Alex, is that I would rather a good war scroll with with um, overcosted then a bad war scroll that's fairly costed because once a war scroll is written that's hot garbage you're in there for the long run and there's a lot of units out there that have a rubbish war scroll that points just can't resolve alone so um you know it, all it takes six months time a point adjustment it's down to 650 or 600 and you know you, you, you forget the pain that you've gone through right now yeah exactly <laughs> um, so you got your Lord of Afflictions, obviously, mm -hmm. for your general, which is going to be unlocking your Blight Lords as battle line, your Puscoils. Mm -hmm. um, curious to know, why would, take, why would you take play drones? Is it just because you were two, 20 points over from bringing in a second lot, an, an extra lot? Or what was some of the logic here yeah. in, the, in the unit, your, your, unit, your unit choices? So the other version I've run is the single Blight Lord with the spell portal. That's an option. Um, but yeah, like, probably if I had 20 points. I'd, I'd be taking Blight Lords. But um, what I do, um, so firstly, the Plague Bearers, uh, their job is to screen against the Alpha Strike uh, if I'm against an Alpha Strike army. 
uh, and then other than that, they're an objective sitter. But what I can do is I can pair them in the plague drones up. Uh, turn two, generally summon uh, a, a sloppity. Uh, and now I've got quite a nice little independent blob that's sitting on an objective. It's only 350 of my points and good luck moving that. Uh, also, uh, as I said, really good against cheap screens. Um, you know, potentially uh, that three-man unit can just delete, uh, you know, kind of a unit of free guild guard, say, which is screening something juicier behind, ready for all gots or the Glockkin to charge in and wreck face. Um, so, yeah, I really like them. Uh, I think they're really good. And using that little little package, uh, they can do a lot of work. Why would you not take a demon wizard to get yourself fleshy abundance with the plague bearers? Because, I mean, it it, it comes down to points. And it, it, what would I give up in return? And I like for me, the only demon wizard that I think is worth the points is the great unclean one. Uh, in which case, I'm not taking the glockkin. Um. So yeah, I think the tra the trade offs too expensive for you in I, this particular build. For me, I don't care about the plague bearers. They are, as I said, they're there to die. You know, whether it's against the Alpha Strike or, you know, if I have to sit something at the back to farm Contagion points or just sit on an objective. Um, so, yeah, this list, it's definitely more output than tankiness. Um, I mean, I've had, you know, I had one game against Thunder Lizards where I essentially tabled the opponent by end of turn two just through, yeah, mortal wounds and, yeah, like got a little bit of luck. Um, but, yeah, the output's there. In this book you just have to like look for it um so i don't need that like tar pit um because i'm getting up in my opponent's face super early so you're already getting great value from the 10 plague bearers having 20 wounds already that fleshy abundance you don't quite need because you've got other tank units but if you weren't going in with some of these other options you it, it might be worth because i think fleshy abundance is still incredible if you're going to take plague bearers but if i'm going to do that I'd probably want more than one unit of plague bearers and obviously you can summon plague bearers which is another option but from what i'm hearing the demon wizard you definitely need something um yeah a bit stronger a good yeah i was just saying also being honest like there's still 30 wounds like if my opponent 20 wounds 20 wounds oh, sorry 20 wounds but with a five up ward it's 30 wounds. oh yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um so if my opponent's committing that much of their army to something that can delete it then that means they're not hitting me where I actually want, like, don't want to be hit. So it's kind of like a win-win. It's like you ignore them and they sit an objective and they they get me points and they're not really costing me anything. Or you go after them and then the rest of my army is left like, more unscathed. And also, don't forget as well. Like, I was just thinking about this and like, if this ever happened to me, I think I would just fall into the fetal position and cry. And you know, you get that that plague berry unit down and uh, you throw a rally up and um you just bring back a whole bunch of models and just make me cry yeah exactly so but but the, you know the the um the main course that i really want to get into because i didn't talk about this a lot mostly because the war scroll didn't change a lot which is why i didn't talk about it folks if you're wondering um i probably should have in hindsight but the 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 thing that people are really unlocking and really liking is the Magath Lord option. So you've got Demon Spew, you've got Rot Spawned, and you've got uh, Twice Born. You've got three different options. They're all unique, so you can't give them any artifacts. You can't customize them. They are what they are. But when you look at the points value of around 300 points each, uh, they're not all 300. They just feel like they're around 300. 
what they offer you is incredible value and they seem to be one of the good damage dealers in your army. Talk to me through a little bit about your thoughts on the three um, and what made you bring in old Demon Spew. Uh, so, yeah, they all, each one absolutely has play. Um, I think probably Orgots and Blowab are like the two that I would consider taking most of the time and I dependent on what else I'm doing in the list. Um, but, yeah, Orgots, he's on a three-up save, which is ludicrous he's a, yeah he's three up five up 14 wounds so again if we're talking battle tactics if my opponent's taking bring it wanting to do bring it down well they've got all got so they got the glockkin like you know enjoy that like yeah good luck um if you if you get that you deserve it um and yeah really good in combat um he's yeah every game i've had him he's killed probably four five six hundred points of my opponent's list he just runs around absolutely wrecking face uh especially when combined with the with the glockkin's command ability he's just absolutely flying um uh, your opponent's like oh i don't want to be in this fight i'll retreat out and then he just charges back into them so it's, it's relentless the reason i take him in this list is his command point um uh ability just one free command point i was just turn. reading i was just reading that per turn as well so that's yeah. that's great value that's awesome yeah, I mean, I mean, what's that? That's probably a hundred point ability before we even go into anything else. You know, like at least three hundred points. Uh, people, said, people like, used to spend fifty points for for an extra CP. Like. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. Um, so yeah, you know, getting the Glock into auto and six, um, giving him plus one, to, yeah, save plus one to hit. Um, yeah, the bouncing uh, mortal wounds is a nice little ability too. If an unmodified ward roll is six. Um, you can bounce mortal wounds to a unit within three inches. So it doesn't even have to be the unit you're in combat. Well, you don't have to be the one that, that's fighting. You know, if there is a little hero behind the, the flanks and you are within three, you could be bouncing mortal wounds to that little hero as well. Yeah. Um, I had a game against Dragon Spam and he did 10 mortal wounds with bounce back. I, I almost felt bad if he wasn't running dra dragons. <laughs> Just like... um... would, you, would you take all three? I think, I think for me... Two of the three is good. Yeah. Three out of three might be overkill. Um, I yeah, Morbidex twice born is situational, but I can definitely see a world where you take Demon Spew and Rot Spawned. Yeah. They both work well, but then in your type of build with the Glockin, you you quickly run out of points for your troops. So I think that might be overkill if you're taking Glockin. But if you didn't want to take Glockin, you would definitely take two of the three. And I think you would still do quite well. Yeah. So my my non Glockin list is both um, Blowab and Orgots. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So plus, firstly, with Blowab, plus one to cast, minus one for enemies to cast within fourteen inches of him. It's like, yeah, it's always good. Uh, he's got an aura of on a four up minus one to hit. Uh, again, if we're c combining that with a Lord of Afflictions, turning off. Um, commands for their plus one to hit then you actually it, it's one of those rare occasions where you you know you go into gargants and suddenly that gargants hitting on a five it's like cool like we can stand here all day doing this uh and then yeah his spell um any phase uh that uh damage is done uh on a two up they take another d3 mortal wounds which with nurgle where you've got so many ways of doing damage in every turn uh even in like the battleshock phase with disease points uh, yeah, he's he's incredible. I quite like running him with uh, oh, what's his name? Epidemius, the guy who gives rerolls. 
just then you've got like a plus one to cast wizard with rerolls. Um, it's pretty tasty, especially when the spell yeah, is quite good as well. I'm just looking at Morbidex as well, looking for a situation where I would possibly bring in Morbidex, and I'm kind of struggling. Like I like the the gigantic Nurgling kin where you at the end of the battle shock phase you heal half the wounds allocated to it so if it took nine wounds this turn you'd heal five um which is quite nice and then if it was going into my turn i could still you know use a heroic action and all the other healing abilities it's got a three up save as well it's it's tanky but maybe oh, yeah um, i think definitely for me the demon spew is definitely the one i would take first yeah, and then Rotspawn would be the second one, and then maybe maybe Twiceborn. I think if the other two didn't didn't exist, you'd probably take Twiceborn most 100%. of the time. Like he's still yeah. a really good War Scroll. Like he's still a very good combat monster. It's just the other two are, are better. Yes, yeah, I think that's I think that's my argument. I think in a world where would I take all three? Probably not, unless I wasn't taking a Glocken. Would I take two of the three? Yes would you know and then you start ranking them and yeah i think it's twice born that is at the bottom of the three just purely because the other one, other two are better i i would i would agree that rot Rotspawn is a wizard so it brings in um some good stuff there and you know look at the war scroll it has got a, a a slightly worse save like it's a four up but you get the wizard powers that um demon spew doesn't bring to the party the fact as well like the um what I love, the little combination of the Demon Spew is a War Master, so you get to issue commands at a further range, and you get the ability to issue a command each turn for free. Yeah. I like it. It's also, yeah, I base like, all of my heroes are generals because the Glockkin's a War Master as well. So, yeah, basically, if, I don't really care if my Lord of Afflictions dies because I'm still getting my CP and I'm getting, um, yeah, two up uh, extra mortal wound with heroic action so yeah it's really really solid having him as a war master yeah and uh, i'm being reminded that blowab has an amazing um spell and um yeah that's uh, the two up the, d3 the, yeah yeah it's a whole bunch of mortal wounds yeah um no it's good and i think yeah I, I think i think i think that's kind of the reaction like when i when i when i went over the books like you go through all of the rules and it's all cool. The, the allegiance abilities, the changes of the wheel, like all the stuff, right? The disease points. And then you get to the sticker shop right at the end, which is, hey, they're extra points. And I think now that you kind of look at it contextually, realizing the changes through durability, abilities, um, and things like that, again, I, I don't think it's so bad. I don't think it's so bad. And I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised and um, I think what's really cool as well, like someone actually said to me in, a, in the comment section once, they're like, oh, now I just need less models to have a 2,000-point army. And I'm like, well, that's nice. That's that's a good way of looking at it. Not, And uh, I think I made a cheeky comment to someone like, congratulations, everyone. You've now got a 10,000-point army. You've gained a whole bunch of things. I do feel sorry for the people who had lots of Blight Kings and were spamming and the, the people had like 60 Plague Bearers and things like that. But I think that's the risk that you play when you play the spam game. Uh, and, you know, Stormcast players right now with their Forminators are going to are gonna find this out very quickly. When you play the spam game, the minute that there's a, a change, um, you know, you can get punished pretty quickly. But, you know, your type of list, which is a mixed force, you've got a whole bunch of good options. You've got some flexibility to respond to the meta as well as how the game, you know, kind of changes. Oh, yeah, it's great. I'm looking at getting this, yeah buying this as a christmas present to myself and it's like i can't believe how cheap it is because everything's yeah <laughs> like yeah it's just glockin is now the cheapest 
points for points model in the game probably in terms of money it's like cool <laughs> um yeah, yeah it's it's it, i think it, we're still uh, the, the overwhelming message i've heard um is people read the book who've played nurgle when they've been really down on it and then they've gone and played some games and they're like oh actually yeah like this is good like this is fun this is competitive I think you'll I think you'll cause your opponents a little bit of a headache. I think they're gonna they're gonna do put everything into your opponent and they're gonna expect you to die and you're going to just take the punch and they're gonna go, Oh, I wasn't uh, yeah. expecting I was expecting to to kill you. I was expecting to uh be able to score this battle tactic easy, you know. And I think that denial is quite actually attractive because as you mentioned, a lot of really good players can score four or five out of the five battle tactics but then when through your durability and your healing you you may actually stop them from doing that and that could be the difference at the end of the game where you've denied a whole bunch of battle tactics and a lot of tournaments are using battle tactics scored as a secondary measure so yeah i mean a key example is i had a game against uh sprog allen who's taken nighthorn 5-0 like the best player I, I know and yeah he made two very small mistakes in our game I was able to capitalize through the Glockkin's command ability and something else. And that ultimately won me the game. And I almost never beat him because he's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, like even the very like the, like the very best players will make the odd mistake and normally they can get away with it. But I think Nurgle really capitalizes on it. Yeah, and I think the Grand Unclean one does slap now, especially with 15 attacks from the Nurglings, which is why the Legion of the First Prince players are just loving that rule. Um and I think it's just the sticker shock. And I think, you know, when I looked at the Thrice Fold, like when I initially saw Thrice Fold, I'm like, oh, yes, three Grand Unclean ones. Then I realized it was 1,500 points. I'm like, no, no, that's not going to happen. I think one yeah. or two is enough. I mean, one, yeah. I think one is probably enough. One. Yeah, yeah. And even then, you have the, the debate of for 100 points more, you get to take two Magath Lords. Yeah. Thoughts on the I mentioned this kind of a little bit earlier, but you know, do you have any thoughts on the Rockbringer cover? And Joe's asking around with the endless spell. So you could have some people have talked about, and I know I think it was one weekly or mentioning uh recently though, you know, you, turn one you might use a Rockbringer sorcerer to put down the uh, what's it called the stupid portal. Then you know, turn two, you might throw through the shackles or some type of you know endless spell that extends quite far and you know create those points and one of the rules that um that the rotbringer sorcerer does is it turns an endless spell into a magakin of nurgle so it gives it the keyword which means for the purpose of disease points you are going to be able to allocate more disease points earlier by getting into the backfield and you know extending your range which is kind of why i mentioned if the, the play claw catapult could get the nurgle keyword it would be a great way to like reach out and touch your opponent. Back to the question, what are your thoughts on th using things like the Rotbringer Coven with the endless spells to spread the disease points in the backfield? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, something like Shards of Valgaha, I don't know how you say it. Sh uh, shards, again, is, is really nice just because it's two endless spells. Um, for me, though, I'm normally spreading, you know, by sort of end of turn two, most of my opponent's army is diseased often start of turn two it's we're getting there um so you know a, you know maybe a turn extra of disease for 360 points of rock coven plus your end of spells like it's interesting i think it has play um but i think you'll quickly realize that you can get disease going pretty quickly pretty early uh, without the need for the end of spells 
It's getting late and I'm meant to be at work an hour ago. Don't tell work folks. But maybe the final question I've got for you, Alex, before we kind of wrap things up. And Elias asked a, a really good question. And I think it's probably a lot of people who are feeling the most amount of pain would be our Black King friends, people who have gone out and spent a lot of money on Black Kings. Would you have any recommendations or any thoughts with the Black Kings um, and how you might use them in, in the third, the new book? Yeah, um, I think they're still really good. They're very, very tanky. They've got a lot of attacks, which means they're going to be getting a lot of disease points. Uh, you've got Gutrot's uh, Spoom, who can uh, deep strike them. So you can get them somewhere up the board early if that's what you feel like you need to do. Um, but ultimately, you know, ultimately we're playing on a smaller board now. You know, if you auto run them, that, that unit um, six, so they're going 10, they're going to be sat on that objective turn one. And then they're going to be in the fight and they're going to be good to go. Uh, you definitely don't spam them anymore. I think two units of five is probably the most I'd like to go, um, just because you do still need some movement. Um, but yeah, they're super competitive and I've run them a little bit and talking to other people who've run them a lot, they are probably still actually worth 250 points. Maybe they're 10 or 20 points overcosted. Yeah. Yeah. As, as the comment said, you know, they're probably a tad overcosted, maybe 230, 240, like, but in the scheme of things, it's not like they're 50 points over. So uh, but I appreciate, especially with a whole bunch of things going up, every little point counts. Um, can you bring an arcane tome onto the Robbringer Sorcerer? I don't see why you couldn't. It's a, not yeah. a unique character at all. Um, Alex? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, you, you 100% can, um, which, yeah. But then you're either going high drop with a Warlord or you're giving up, you know, a four-up ward on your general or something else. So it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely, yeah, you definitely could uh, if you want but to. You, in really in a battle in a battle ridge, you can put a whole bunch of sub commanders in that. So you could always, if you are going to already take a battle, uh, I suppose if you want the extra artifact, you probably want to go warlord. So yeah, or I, yeah. Again, like, I'm I, I'm definitely not saying that Rockbringers and it is bad. I think it's it's interesting and it needs to be tested. Um, to me, it's not the strongest way Nurgle can play, but I'd also love to be proved wrong because it seems like a really cool way to play the army. I think there's some good play in it, and I think it definitely needs exploring. I think you've got to realise if you go up against, again, a Lumineth build and you've got, you know, if there's certain armies like Lord of Change or, you know, there's a, there's a couple of really ma magical, Seraphon, another one, they're, and they're very popular in the meta right now, that if you come up against them, one of your key tricks will not be nearly as good. But against everyone else, you'll be having a field day with plus three. So um, if you're going to do it, have something to and make the most of it. And it might be that disease point endless spell shenanigans um or as someone else mentioned the um the rancid visitation is another good option through through portal yeah exactly i think the point is is you know say you take a couple of endless spells you've suddenly put 500 points you've put your uh sub allegiance and you put your artifact selection all into this one thing which sometimes will do really good things and other times do nothing and the times it does nothing is my issue um you know because then you know game five you of atonement you've done really well and it does nothing like oh. i think you know as we wrap up my closing thoughts and alex i'll let you kind of share as well but i think my closing thoughts that you have kind of i'll reinforce what you've said again and again and that is i think having an adaptable plan there's no longer this one trick pony you know where you land on the wheel will ultimately depend on how you might want to do you go aggressive first do you go early do you go aggressive lace how do you start thinking about you know really adapting to the game as opposed to turn one do this turn two do that turn three like you know it seemed like it seemed like there was this true tried and tested way that people were playing Nurgle in the past um actually and then maybe some closing thoughts Craig asked a good one is there any armies that you wouldn't want to face with Nurgle right now 
I still think Suns is, Suns is a problem. Like I just don't know. If, I, I've not played the matchup yet, but just having the output to put them down is really tough. Um, anything that can hit you really hard really early could be a problem. Um, Nurgle, I feel, plays really well when it gets grinding. If I'm, you know, turn three and I'm in there, I think I win pretty much every time. I think the problem can be is if you can't grind your opponent down and they get through you, then that's a problem. But we've got the five up ward. We've got you've got all the tricks. Um, honestly, I think yeah, Gargans, maybe Sentinel spam. Like yeah, you know, some of the S tier filth. Um, Archaon. I don't know if we can kill Archaon. Um, I was thinking Iron. I was thinking Iron Jaws could be a real bugbear if they go if they go early, um, and they get they pin you in your backfield. Um, I, like, is that like? Are you fast enough to then play the objective game if they go hard on you? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got the Lord of Affliction, so you start stuff in, right, in my list. So you start stuff in the yeah, sky. Yeah. I've, I've got I've got I've got the Plague Bearer screen. Um, again, you know, being able to switch off. Their uh, all-out defense means they're just going to be sat there on a four-up save, which means they're going to die really, really quickly. Um, I, I played Iron Jaws once, and my opponent, granted, his more crusher whiffed a little bit, but it wouldn't have changed anything. He uh, conceded middle of turn two, um, just because I'd taken everything off the board. Uh, he hit me, didn't do enough. I hit him back. and So, yeah, uh, again, it definitely could be a problem. Um, like, double more crusher could really do work, but I think we're okay. In saying that, that like, you know, even that, like, you know, having a Glockin, for example, with the amount of damage you can do, like you'd pick, you'd eat those pigs like it was bacon on a Sunday. Like, you know, like those types of things. It, I guess it depends on the build, right? So thinking about, this is important regardless of what, you know, list building and what army we're talking about is thinking about the meta, you know, thinking about things like some of the battle tactics and what you can and can't score. And, you know, maybe it's time to bring in some Nurgling bases to be able to uh, get into your opponent's backfield if you're not taking, you know, the Lord of Afflictions with the Blight Lords. You know, like yeah. look at your options and look at what's available to you. And I think, I think, I think, I think you've got the tools. It's just there's no obvious build and there's no obvious list to to play. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like like the like one of the obvious big bads, Seraphon. You know, like we've got the mortal wound output to hurt the Bastillodons and lots of one damage. So like Thunder Lizards isn't actually doing too much to us and. We've and they're the not sniping out. your heroes. They're like your, your ward save, they're not sniping your heroes we've, we've, nearly we've got, as easy. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the, the top things in the meta are still a problem, but like, that's because they're a problem. That's nothing. That's no reflection on the Nurgle book. That's a reflection on them. Um, but, yeah, I, I will happily face pretty well anything and like, have a good chance of coming out. I love it. Um, is there any final thoughts or you wanna, like any any shout outs you want to make? I know again you I know you're super active in my Discord. I know you are active in a whole bunch of like the tabletop simulators and real life tournaments as well. So uh, if you're in the UK, make sure to say hello to Tub. But any shout outs, anything you want to say before we kind of bring this home and I pretend to be at work? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. Just yeah, it's a really it's a really cool, interesting book. Um, yeah, like try it out, try different things. I think there's going to be some really cool, wacky builds in there which people haven't even thought of yet. Um, and it's going to take time for us to get like, discover it. But yeah, it's it's cool. It's good fun. Yeah, actually, you know what? It's a, probably a good shout. It's probably, it feels a little bit like, I wouldn't say like cities, but it feels like it'll take some time to find the combinations. And I think that's partially some of the excitement. You know, I had some real frustrations with Daughters of Cain because it quickly became one build. It was all about Bosek spam. Um, this one does feel like you've got some tricks all across the board. And I can't wait to see how people start playing around with the coalition units 
to find some secret spice, whether it is, you know, the tapping into some of the priests or even going into some of the slaves, the darkness keyword shenanigans, whether it's through the marks, like, you know, what does it look like if you bring in a war shrine? What does it look like if you bring in, you know, you does marauders have marks? Yeah. So like, what can you do with the Nurgle keyword, not necessarily the Magakin keyword. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Alex, thanks for your time. Tub, you're an absolute Absolutely. legend. I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you have any comments or thoughts or uh, things that you found in the Nurgle book, you know what to deal with it at this point. Put it in the comments. Let us know. And hopefully all us Nurgle players, well, not me, but the rest of you, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get some hints and trips as you're playing and learning and, you know, test some of that theory out. You know, something that seemed really good initially, not so good. Something you underestimated is now amazing. You know, let us all know. Alex, thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who also donated to the show. It's much appreciated. And um, yeah, all right. Peace out. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout-out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.